everyone, and welcome to Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie. I'm your host, Sarah Sin, tackling horror movies, peeling back the layers, and taking a deeper dive into them. Again on the show, I don't just discuss my love of horror movies. I like to bring in the aspect and perspective of horror and history, how horror movies tend to reflect society's fears, and since I am a psychology major, I like to bring this aspect and perspective in as well and see how the horror movie I'm focusing on reflects psychology and mental health in any way. Okay, so I'm just going to warn you that the movie I watched for this episode deals with a loss that I am all too familiar with, the loss of a parent, and more specifically, losing your mother. So be prepared that it's going to be hard for me to talk about certain aspects in this movie. In all honesty, I might even cry at some points because I cried a lot during the movie, but it really is a good movie that really fits this month's theme, and that's kind of why I chose it. I chose it for the reason that I knew this movie would be difficult for me to watch, but it's a movie I enjoy and I really think it's a solid horror movie. I've seen it before and I actually saw it around when it first came out, but this was actually the first time I watched the movie after I lost my mother. So it was different seeing it this time around than last time so it was difficult for me I did cry a lot during the movie I related a lot to the character within the movie so but it's also a good movie it really does fit this month's theme I knew it would be a challenge for me to do so that's why I decided to choose the movie I did so anyways let's move on to the next movie for the theme of happy blue year with 2015's The Final Girls directed by Todd Strauss Scholson Starring Thaisa Farminga as Max, Malin Ackerman as Nancy slash Amanda, Alexander Ludwig as Chris, Nina Dobrave as Vicky, Alia Shawkat as Gertie, Thomas Middleditch as Duncan, Adam Devine as Kurt, and Angela Timber as Tina. So for horror and history, this movie definitely um, reflects a lot on horror movie cliches, like more specifically um, the cliches within a slasher flick, so like Friday the 13th, think those kind of movies. It also um, reflects a lot on like the post-scream, self-aware meta-horror movies. This movie does a lot on that as well. So not only is it reflecting on the cliches of horror movies, but the idea that it's also self-aware and um, meta, so the self-aware and meta-horror movies. It's also reflecting on like the loss of a, the loss of a loved one, like bereavement, mourning, um, wishing you get a second chance to say goodbye. So it's reflecting a lot. That's kind of like the heart of the movie. Psychology and mental health, we got guilt, grief, jealousy, budding sexuality, depression, forming connections, relationships, second chances, finding closure, mourning, bereavement, and projection. So what is this movie about? And this is kind of a, another combination of my words and the description on IMDb. When Max reluctantly attends a tribute screening of an infamous 80s slasher with her friends, the very movie that stars her late mother, they are all accidentally sucked into the silver screen into the movie itself. They soon realize they are trapped in the slasher flick and must rely on their knowledge of horror movies as well as teaming up with the characters within the movie in order to defeat the machete-wielding maniac and survive. Will any of them come out alive, or will they all die off one by one in typical 80s fashion? Okay, so moving on to the subgenre. So this movie is a it's a, like a slasher flick on the surface, but it's a parody of slasher flicks. 
it's making fun of all the cliches within the slasher flick subgenre. So I would definitely consider this movie more of a horror comedy over um, a slasher flick because it is a horror comedy that is parroting the slasher flick. This movie is funny at times, but it also does have some pretty awesome kills at the same time. It's a balance between horror and comedy that is also meta. The characters understanding like the rules of the horror genre and the cliches of the horror genre. So that's kind of what's going on in this movie. So that's why I would definitely put it down more as a horror comedy over putting it straight into the slasher flick subgenre. So I'm going to go over the definition of horror comedy. Horror comedy. This subgenre blends horror and humor together beautifully in such a way to scare the audience yet make them laugh at the same time. These films intend to break the ice in the horror aspect to help make the movie fun and enjoyable. Sometimes the over-the-top gore and kills are what makes the movie humorous, not taking themselves too seriously. And other times, this subgenre spoofs another horror movie or genre to make it more laughable. These are a great, quote, gateway horror movie to ease some people into the horror genre. Okay, so the first thing I'd like to talk about is basically like the cliches of horror movies, like this aspect of the movie and the fact that this movie is also self-aware. So since this movie is what I call a meta horror comedy parody, there's a lot going on that, you know, the characters are actually aware of, what cliches to look out for, and while at the same time um, still like committing some of these cliches. But this is what makes the movie so enjoyable. Like, you as an audience member are watching Max and her friends try to navigate within this movie, knowing the rules and cliches of a horror movie, the characters and world within the slasher flick they've been sucked into. Um, so they're trying to navigate within this world while they're watching the characters commit these cliches, but they're trying to navigate because they already know the rules and cliches of a horror movie. So it's a really fun movie, to be quite honest. It's a really good movie, but... What I'm saying is that this is what it's reflecting on is like all these ideas um, from the past, you know, like the cliches in horror movies, the rules of a horror movie, you know, um, the fact that it's self-aware and meta, which is a lot of times what you call like the post-scream self-aware horror movies. So I'm going to go over a few scenes and then again, talk about what cliches rules that's going on, because again, this movie reflects a lot on the slasher flicks of the past. So. First, I do want to say anyone who has seen the movie Scream will know that there are rules to follow in order to survive a horror movie, as the character Randy does mention. Rule number one, you can never have sex. Two, you can never drink or do drugs. And three, never ever under any circumstance say, I'll be right back. Rule number one is heavily referenced within our movie. They always go back to the fact that everyone in this movie who has sex will die. But there are also other cliches and rules within the movie that are actually going on, so I'll, I will talk about them. So the character of Duncan is kind of like our Randy in this movie. He knows most of the rules and cliches, especially in our movie Camp Bloodbath, which is the movie they get sucked into. He's the one who kind of like goes up to Max and asks her to come to this like Camp Bloodbath showing at this movie theater he's having. It's a double feature, you know, Camp Bloodbath 1 and 2, since she is the daughter of the actress who plays Nancy in the movie. So Duncan shows up at the diner where Max, Gertie, and Chris are at. Max, shit. Duncan, Max, hey, please, wait. Did you not get my messages? Max, Duncan, no. Duncan, 
Come on, please. Max, seriously? No. Duncan, the bathmaticians were so excited when I told them that Amanda Cartwright's daughter was my sister's best friend. Gertie, stepsister. Duncan, why would you say that? That's so hurtful. Please, Max, I promise that you'd be there. I'm the assistant general manager of the varsity. Think about my reputation. Chris, wait, what are bathmaticians? Duncan, uh, Camp Bloodbath fans. It's kind of our awesome nickname. Gertie, did you know that a nickname immediately becomes uncool when you give it to yourself? Duncan, you know what, Gertie? When my dad told me that I was going to get a sister, I cried. Because that's all I ever wanted. But not like this. Not like this. Don't. Look, Camp Bloodbath is like the granddaddy of all campsite slasher films, okay? Amazing production design, insane music, over-the-top acting. It's a cult classic. Max's mom plays Nancy, this sort of shy girl next door who gives up her butterfly to some dumb jock, and Billy Murphy comes along and chops her ass up in a waterbed. So, <laughs> right here, um, it sounds <laughs> kind of like Duncan's describing, you know, the movie Friday the 13th, but which is what Camp Bloodbath is supposed to be a parody of. And he makes it clear that Nancy dies because she has sex. Again, a cliche of the horror movies. One of the rules, like, you have sex, you die. Somehow, it's supposed to be that the virgin is always the final girl. So, right within this first conversation, he's establishing this fact that you have sex, you die. Nancy dies because she has sex with the dumb jock within the movie. So, later on in the movie, after everyone is actually sucked into the movie, um, and they actually get in the van, they make it to the campsite. Um, and they are trying to, I don't know, figure out what's going on. Duncan. Okay, so we're in the movie. Max, uh, how do we get out of here? Gertie, yeah, I like that question. That's a really, really good question. Duncan, can you answer that question, please? Duncan, uh, what are you talking about? It's 1986. Our homes don't exist yet. They're probably just landfills waiting to be turned into crappy subdivisions. We don't exist yet. I know for a fact my parents haven't met because I was an unplanned child. So another cliche, um especially within like a meta horror movie, one that's like self-aware is that people are always turning to like the horror fan for answers. You know, the one with all the horror knowledge is the one they turn to when they need help or they have questions on how to survive. Like how are they going to get out of this jam? They don't know what to do. So they're like, I have a better chance at surviving if I talk to this guy because he knows horror movies better than anyone else so you know and Duncan is that person in this movie so they're like okay we're sucked in this movie what do we do Duncan you should know what to do again a cliche in some of these movies but sadly Duncan actually doesn't know what to do so later on our dumb jock Kurt um throws his car keys into the woods um telling Max and her friends that if they want to borrow his car they got to go find his keys so they are actually out in the woods searching for the keys and they see Billy kill this, like, random hitchhiker and one of the camp counselors. Duncan, it's okay. It's okay. He won't hurt us. He would have killed me by now. Okay, I think it's because we're not actually part of the movie. He doesn't really know what to do with us. Isn't that right, Billy boy? Damn, you are big and scary. I wonder if all this blood is just corn syrup. You know, like, all the characters are running around with just corn syrup in their veins. Let's give it a shot here. No, oh God, no, that is um not corn syrup. That is, oh God, that's, that's blood. 
Max, all the more reason for us to get the hell out of here. Duncan, no, no, no. Look, everything in this world is running exactly on schedule. Besides, to leave, probably have to wait till the movie is over or something. Gertie, well, when is that going to happen? Duncan, look, movies like this end when the final girl kills the main bad guy and the credits roll. It's actually pretty sick in this one. She kicks the sword up and she kills him with his own machete, like, brah! And Billy's like, ah! Goes right through his head, like, ah! His head splits open, ah! Punches it, psh! Brains go out. Chris, Duncan! Duncan, anyway, this smoking hot girl named Paula, she arrives in the next reel. She's the final girl. Oh yeah, she's the only one in this movie who doesn't die. All we gotta do is stick with her and we're gonna have the best seats in the house. Trust me, this last battle will blow your mind. So even though Duncan doesn't think Billy's gonna kill anybody because they're not part of the movie, Billy actually does kill Duncan. But here, the what it's kind of talking about and the cliches it's going over is that Duncan explains that this movie can only end once the final girl has defeated the killer. Again, a rule or cliche of the slasher flick is, you know, kind of like think like Laurie from Halloween, Alice from Friday the 13th, we have Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. The final girl is our heroine. She must kill the killer in order for the movie to actually end and our group of friends are able to leave the movie. So he is talking about an actual rule or cliche in a horror movie. He is reflecting on this, which is, the movie's not going to end until the final girl kills the bad guy, so we need to wait until the final girl kills the bad guy in order for us to leave this movie. So our friends decide um, to kind of stick with each character, so each one of them kind of takes a character to kind of keep an eye on, trying to figure out a way to keep everyone safe and try not to get anyone else killed. And Chris is actually tasked with keeping an eye on Kurt, which is our dumb jock. Kurt, oh, whoa, look at the pair on her. I would just motorboat those for hours. Chris, yeah, but look at all those articles. I could read those all night long. Kurt, what are you, a fag? You don't like some big old hoots? Hootin'? Chris, my dads are gay, so shut the hell up. Kurt, yeah, right. Gay guys can't have kids. They're too busy going to discos and having sex with each other. It's actually a pretty cool lifestyle. So sadly, homophobia was alive and well in the 80s. Um, and a cliche is that it usually was like the big beefed up jock who would spout this kind of hatred and ignorance, which is exactly what this movie is reflecting on, is the fact that the characters like Kurt were the ones who were usually the ones who were saying all these horrible things. Like if a guy wasn't interested in boobs, they were automatically called gay. If they weren't chasing tail, they were called gay. If they weren't having sex with a bunch of girls, they were called gay. This was used as a way to be mean to other people. And like I said, homophobia was very rampant in a lot of these 80 horror movies, sadly, you know, and but I will say that even though this scene is definitely reflecting on that aspect in a lot of horror movies, you know, like I said, the jock is like, oh, you don't want to look at these boobs, so you must be gay. Like, this is somehow supposed to be an insult to Chris, um, which, again, was something that was happening a lot in 80s horror movies. I do like that Chris snaps back at Kurt. Like, he kind of puts him in his place. And when you're watching this scene, you can see it in Chris's eyes that it's taking all of his strength not to punch this douchebag in the face. 
So later on, Duncan actually, um, like I said, Duncan has been killed and everyone is in the cabin. And this is where we start to learn a little bit more about Billy. Gertie. Lock the window. Shut the curtains. He can see us. Blake. Who is he? Gertie. Max, you have to tell them about Billy. Max. Oh, God, he's here? Nancy. Not Billy Murphy. I mean, he's just a legend. Tina. Oh, I love legends. Loch Ness, Bigfoot, Bon Jovi, all of them. Nancy, it all happened so long ago. Little Billy Murphy went to camp here decades ago. He was always picked on for being different, ugly. And then one summer, the hottest one on record, the counselors decided to play a prank on him. And then Max and her friends are actually transported into the flashback. It started as just an ordinary day. And then we see that the counselors throw a bunch of fireworks into the outhouse Billy was hiding in. Billy had third-degree burns all over his body because of the counselor's prank. And the only thing that could distract Billy from his terrible pain was thinking about what had been done to him. And during those long, agonizing nights in the burn ward, Billy's fear was slowly replaced by something else. Hatred. His face would never be the same. So he made a mask to hide his scars on the outside and his anger on the inside. All Billy wanted was to make everyone as afraid as he was on that terrible day. He started his reign of terror by returning to exact his revenge. He killed eight counselors that night, one for every night he spent in that hospital bed. And legend has it, Billy still lives in these woods in his own little shack, waiting for new counselors to cross his path, waiting to get his revenge again and again. So this is definitely something that's common within a lot of horror movies is getting, like, the villain's backstory. Sometimes they're just told in, like, story form. Sometimes there is, like, a flashback added to it. I know, like, in the movie, I think it's Friday the 13th Part 2, and, like, John Carpenter's The Fog, they have some backstory exposition done at the beginning. Like I said, some are told at the beginning, some are told in the middle of the movie, some are just told story form, some of them have flashbacks um, included, like our movie does. And this movie, again, is picking on this cliche. And this movie does a really good job at making, you know, picking on this cliche. The scene is funny, and Max and her friends are actually pulled into this flashback, but you can still hear Nancy talking. But again, this is a very common element in many horror movies, another cliche that this movie is poking fun at, that there's always, you know, some kind of backstory being told, um, sometimes with a flashback or sometimes just in story form. So after Paula, who's supposed to be our final girl, you know, in this movie Camp Bloodbath, she actually dies in a car explosion and everyone sees it and everyone's like, oh my God, what are we going to do now? Nancy, I can't believe they're all dead. Vicky, they were never alive. They weren't real. Neither are you, because this is just a movie and Paula was the only one that could kill Billy. We're screwed. Nancy, what does she mean, just a movie? Again, it's a very short scene, but it's poking fun at the self-aware meta aspect of the movie. This movie isn't just, you know, a parody of slasher flicks. It also pokes fun at, again, the post-scream meta self-aware horror movies that came out as well. Max and her friends are trying to use their knowledge of horror movies in order to make it out alive within this movie. Paula is supposed to be the final girl in this movie. They want to stick with Paula and keep her alive at all costs because she's the one who's going to help them make it out of this movie, because she kills Billy, but sadly, she's killed in a car explosion, so now they're like, if there's no final girl, how do we beat this movie? 
And then later on, like, Vicky's talking to Gertie and Max, and she gives this whole speech to Max and Gertie and apologizing to them for basically being a bitch. Max, Vicky, you don't have to die. Vicky, I'm the mean girl in the 80s horror movie, and we're past the midpoint. So, you know, I'd say that I've overstayed my welcome. Again, short scene. And again, another cliche. You know, the mean girl, the bitchy girl, dies by the hands of our killer. Which is true in a lot of horror films. It's a cliche. But it's also kind of a rule. Like, don't be a bitch or you'll die. And at the same time, it's another self-aware aspect. Vicky knows she's a bitch. And she knows she's the bitch of the movie. So she knows she won't be in the movie much longer. So this one line that she says, it mentions a horror movie cliche, mean girl always dies, a horror movie rule, if you're a bitch, you'll die, and being self-aware because Vicky knows this cliche and knows the rule, so she already knows she's probably one of the next people to die. So again, it's reflecting on all these different aspects within horror movies, these cliches and rules, and being self-aware. So there's one scene right after Chris, um, Max, and Nancy like, it's a, again, it's a short scene, but they jump out of the window due to an explosion within the camp, um, the cabin. Nancy. What's happening? Max. It's slow motion. So they actually jump out of the window in slow motion. Billy kind of leaps out of the window in slow motion. And they all start running from Billy again in slow motion. Another cliche that they're reflecting on that happens within horror movies um, is slow motion to kind of add dramatic effect. Um, think of the scene at the end of Friday the 13th when Alice grabs the machete to kill Pamela Voorhees. It's all done in slow motion. Again, like I said, another cliche within horror movies. Um, it's to add dramatic effect, but just by having that short little part where they're like, it's slow motion, what's going on here? It's, it's poking fun at the fact that horror movies tend to use slow motion as a way to add dramatic effect. And of course, um, at the end of the movie, Nancy does sacrifice herself so Max can survive um, and be the final girl. And you hear Max say, you just fucked with the wrong virgin. So again, a big rule and or cliche of horror movies, the virgin always lives and is a key element to being the final girl, apparently. Like supposedly, according to the rules, if you have sex, you die. And a cliche is that in order to be a final girl, you have to be a virgin. So just by this one line of her being like, you fucked with the wrong virgin, is her poking fun at this. You know, you have sex, you die. That's a rule in a horror movie. A cliche is that, you know, final girls are always virgins. So again, it's a, the movie's just kind of poking fun again at these rules and cliches and being very self-aware about it. Like I said, this movie is a meta horror comedy parody that pokes fun at the rules of a horror movie, the cliches within a horror movie, and being self-aware within a horror movie, reflecting on horror movies of the 80s, especially the 80s slasher flicks. And the movie, I feel like it balances everything out beautifully and is very entertaining at the same time. So I really enjoy that it is poking fun at the cliches and the rules, but it's also very meta and self-aware at the same time. And it balances all these aspects um, really beautifully and very entertaining at the same time. I hope that all makes sense. Okay, so now I'd like to talk about like the mother-daughter element between Max and her mom, Amanda, and the character of Nancy within the movie. This is a huge aspect within our movie. It's kind of like the heart of this meta horror comedy parody. I feel like 
this is what sets this movie apart from other movies like it. It really tackles the issue of grief, second chances, and finding closure in such a heartfelt way to the point where like I did find myself crying at points because I could relate to everything Max is feeling having lost my own mom in 2018. So again, like I do most of the time, I'll go over a few scenes and then I'll explain a little more. So right in the beginning of the movie, we see a trailer for Camp Bloodbath. Um, Amanda, Max's mother, plays Nancy in the movie. Then we're introduced to Max and Amanda. Amanda just getting done with an audition. Amanda. Well, they'll let me know. Max. You know you're too good for this crap, right? Amanda. The casting director was all like, I know you from somewhere. And I went, really? Oh, it's probably my arc on CSI as a bipolar mistress. And he's like, no, I got it. Camp Bloodbath. Ugh. Am I ever going to live that movie down? I mean, it was 20 years ago. Honestly, if you ever become an actor, don't ever do a slasher flick. Max. He wouldn't catch me dead in a movie. You're the actress here. Amanda. Damn straight. But I'm no actress. I'm a movie star. So they drive along. Um, their song comes on, Betty Davis' Eyes. And at one point, Amanda just looks at Max and says, You know, everything in my life I got wrong. But you, I got right. I love you. You know that, right? And that's when Max accidentally spills her milkshake onto Amanda's, like, resumes. And Amanda just is like, Max, those are expensive. And they get into a car crash. Max survives. Sadly, her mother dies. And then our movie picks up three years later. So later on, once Max and her friends are pulled into the movie, her mom, you know, the movie Camp Back that her mom starred in, Max starts to kind of form a connection with Nancy because that is the character her mom played. And she walks up to her at one point. Nancy. Hey, you want to give me a hand? Max. Sure. Nancy. All right, let's rock and roll. Max. My God, it's really you. Nancy. What? Max. Nothing. And then they see Kurt walk by. Nancy. So, um, Kurt told me he wants to do it later. Max. Wow, just like that? Nancy. I know. And it's like, I can't stay a virgin forever, you know. And he's been with a lot of girls, so he would probably, like, I don't know, help me along? Max, you shouldn't have sex. Nancy, why? Max, because I heard that sex can kill you. Nancy, Max, sex isn't anything to be afraid of. I mean, Tina's already done it twice today, and look at her. She's totally normal. We look over, and Tina's, like, dancing all up on Chris. She says that the best feeling in the world is being stoned and doing it on a waterbed. Max, don't hang around Tina. Nancy, no, but I told myself that I was going to lose my virginity this summer, get drunk, not necessarily in that order. Max, please, just trust me. Nancy, you sound like my mom. Max, right back at you. So Nancy is supposed to actually have sex with Kurt and get killed by Billy. That's what's supposed to happen in the movie. But while Nancy's kind of getting ready for her scene, um, to lose her virginity to Kurt, like, Max comes, like, busting into the room. Max, get dressed. Now. Nancy, oh my god, Max, what are you doing here? Get out! Max, Nancy, if you go through with this, you're gonna get hurt. Nancy, Kurt said he liked me, okay? He said it. Max, yeah, they always say it. They just don't act like it. Nancy, god, you must think I'm a total zero. I just wanted to feel grown up. Special. 
Max, you are special. Nancy, I'm the shy girl with the clipboard and the guitar. Special to who? Max, special to me. Nancy, who are you, Max? So Nancy is told that she's actually supposed to die in this movie. So um, she gets obviously gets upset and she runs off and then Max follows her. Max, Nancy, Nancy, am I really going to die? Max, yeah. Nancy, so I guess I never grow up or fall in love or have kids? I had this dream that when I graduated college, I would meet a guy and we'd have a baby, a girl. And if she ever needed me, I, I would do anything for her. Anything. I would have made a great mom. Max, the best. Nancy, God, this totally sucks. It's so bogus. I should have known something was up with this place. I mean, think about it. What the hell kind of summer camp has waterbeds? She hugs Max. What do we do now? Max, we fight. So they decide to make this plan to try to capture Billy and kill him. And Max and Nancy are upstairs um, preparing, I think it's the arrows that they're going to use to battle Billy with. Nancy, God, your parents must be freaking out right now. You've been gone for hours. They must be so worried about you. Max, not really. Never knew my dad. And my mom's away. Nancy, what's she like? Max, she, uh... She was so beautiful and funny. She never knew how awesome she was. Nancy, how'd she die? Max, never said she died. Nancy, you said was, so I just figured. It's okay, you don't have to tell me. Here, I want you to have this. And she gives Max a bracelet. It's a friendship bracelet, so you don't forget me. Max, how could I ever forget you? Nancy, you know, if all this works out, I'm really going to miss you. When you go home, I mean. God, I sound totally molded. I know we just met, and it's silly for me to say that. It's just, I guess it's like, who am I going to talk to after you leave, you know? Tina? She's not very smart. Max, maybe you don't have to. Nancy, I don't? But I mean, I carpooled with her to camp. It's kind of inevitable. Max, no, I mean, maybe you don't have to stay here. Look, I know in the movie you're supposed to die, but that doesn't mean you have to, right? Nancy, right. Max, and if you don't die, then that means you'll be around at the end of the movie when we leave. Nancy, right. Max, so then who's to say you can't just come home with me? Nancy, oh my God, where's home? Max, the valley. Nancy, the valley? I don't know, Max. You're kind of blowing my mind right now. Max, no, think about it. If you come home with me, you can be whoever you want. You don't have to be the shy girl with the clipboard and the guitar. You could. Nancy, I could go to college. Max, right. Nancy, and drive a convertible. Max, totally. Nancy, and go shopping at the mall. Max, actually, people don't really shop at malls anymore. They shop online. Nancy, what's online? Max, never mind. I just made that up. Keep going. Nancy, well, I want to shop online. I, I want to start over. You know, I could be different in the valley. Again, she hugs Max. What if I don't make it, Max? Max, this time you will. So towards the end of the movie, um, Max is hurt. Nancy realizes that the only way to save Max is to actually sacrifice, sacrifice herself to make Max our final girl. Max, am I dying? Nancy, 
No, I know how to fix this. You're not the final girl, Max, because of me. I'm still alive. Max. No. Nancy. Yeah. Max. No, no, I'm already diving so you can survive. You can be the final girl. Nancy. No, Max, no. It's not what I'm supposed to be, remember? I'm just the shy girl with the clipboard and the guitar. Max. Yeah, but you want to change that. Nancy. Honey, let me do this. Max. No. Nancy. Max. I'm not afraid. Max. I wanted to save you. Nancy. Oh, Max, you did. You did, Max. Just by letting me be here, with you. I've never felt more real or more alive ever before. Max. No, no, Mom. You belong at home, with me. Your name is Amanda Cartwright. You live in Encino, and you love Betty Davis Eyes and Mel's Diner. And you wanted to be the biggest movie star more than anything in this world. And you had a daughter. You have a daughter. I'm not going back without you. I don't want to lose you again. Nancy. Max, I'm not lost. I'm right here. I'm right here, right? You'll always know where to find me, okay? But you have to let me go. You have to let me go. And she kisses Max. Goodbye, Max. Max, I love you. It's what I never got to tell you. Nancy, don't worry. Wherever she is, she knows. You were right about one thing, you know. Max, what? Nancy, I'm a movie star. So, in our movie, Max is dealing with the grief of losing her mother. And honestly, it was really sudden, too. Like, it was a car accident. They got into this horrible car crash, and she loses her mom. But I will say that the truth is, even if you know they're going to pass, it really doesn't make the pain any less painful. It doesn't make the grief less painful. Like, I lost my mom to cancer. I prayed for a miracle every single day because you know I've heard that people pull through you know miracles happen every single day why not one for her and then I just remember turning around and saying you know please God just let her go in peace because at the she got to the point where she was just in so much pain and it was really hard to watch so you start by praying for a miracle and then you end with praying for them to just you know go in peace no more pain and when I was told that she passed because we knew it was going to happen like she was she had three to seven days to live it still hit me like a ton of bricks so and I'm thinking if I felt this way knowing my mom was dying I can only imagine how Max must be feeling because she lost her mom so suddenly like she's mourning and grieving the death of her mother and then on top of it, her mother is immortalized within this movie Camp Bloodbath, which at first Max can't bring herself to watch. You know, again, like I said, this the heart of this movie is about dealing with grief. Max is dealing with the grief of losing her mother, something I can completely relate to. But what I love about this movie is that not only does it deal with grief in a relatable and respectful way, it also talks about second chances along with finding closure and getting to that understanding that memories, our memories are what keep our loved ones alive. Like Max, by being transported into the movie Camp Bloodbath, she gets a second chance to see her mom again. Like she gets a second chance to say goodbye. Something I would love 
to have, something I wish I could have. I, I wish I could just see my mom one more time. I would love to just tell her how much I miss her and how much I love her. You know, I would love to get that second chance. And in this movie, Max gets that chance. She gets to spend one more day with her mom. She gets to say all the things she didn't get to say. Even though it's to the character Nancy, it's still part of her mom because her mom did play Nancy and therefore deep down inside it is her mom. She gets to spend time with her again, talk to her, and most importantly, she gets to tell her that she loves her one more time and she gets to say goodbye. So it's not just a movie dealing with grief, it's also giving Max a second chance that she needs to say goodbye to her mother because, you know, she misses her. And through this experience of her being transported into the movie, Max is able kind of to accept her mother's death and she gets a chance to find closure. You know, she'll never forget her mom. And the grief, honestly, it never goes away. You just kind of learn to live with it. But you can still find closure in your own way. Everyone finds closure at some point. Um, and Max does just by this experience of being pulled into the movie. She gets closure, something that is actually hard for many of us to have. Like, not all of us can have closure. Some of us, it takes years to find closure, to go through grief, because you want that second chance and to find closure and accept the death. You know, it's been almost five years. May 1st will be five years that I lost my mom. And honestly, I don't think I've found my closure yet. Like, I miss her so much. And for me, it's like, it's not fair that my daughter has to grow up without her, without my mom. I need her. I feel lost without her. And since my mom passed away, I have never felt so alone. Because when she was around, I was never alone. She was my best friend. And I miss her. But closure is something we all need when dealing with grief. And Max gets her closure by getting that second chance to just say goodbye to her mother. But with all that said, Max now, actually her opinion about Camp Bloodbath actually changes. Um, she sees it in a different light. It's a place she can always find her mom. It's just like Nancy tells her, you'll always know where to find me. And it's in that movie. Symbolically saying to me that you know, memories like family videos and pictures are our way of keeping that loved one alive. In the end, we do know where to find them when we need them. We've immortalized our loved ones in our thoughts and videos and pictures. You know, we, I do know I can always find my mom, but it's hard, but I do have videos and I have lots of pictures and I have all these memories I love to talk about and I'm always finding myself telling parents like, oh, you know what my mom would always say and I'm always giving her advice to everyone. I share her recipes with people who are always looking for stuff because my mom was an amazing cook. So Max's journey. Um, so to kind of sum this all up, because it was a hard movie for me to watch. It's, it made me really miss my mom because I know it's been five years and I feel like I should find closure. I should be over this. I should be moving on. But the truth is there's days that it feels like it was yesterday. Like it really does. It feels like I lost her yesterday. 
And then some days are easier and some days are harder. But watching this movie this time around after losing her was a lot harder because I could totally relate to Max and what she was going through. Um, you know, her journey, she's dealing with grief, but she gets a second chance to say goodbye. She finds closure and she learns that whenever she wants to see her mom, she's always there in the movie Camp Bloodbath. And she knows where she can find her when she needs her. So I hope that all makes sense and sorry that I started crying like a baby, but this movie was very emotional for me because I would love to get that second chance. I would give anything to say goodbye to my mom, but like I said, you don't, you learn to live with the grief. And Max is always going to grieve and miss her mom, but at least she gets that second chance. And I think having that second chance helped her find the closure she needed in accepting her mother's death. And by Nancy just saying, you know, you know where to find me. You'll always know where to find me is telling Max that if you ever need your mom, there she is. She's in Camp Bloodbath. You know where to find her. So I hope that all makes sense. Okay, so I'm going to move on to my reviews, and I'm actually just going to read one review this time because it's kind of long. Colander says, This is why The Final Girls is so much more than the horror-comedy hybrid it initially premised as. It has a deeply affecting message on wish fulfillment, second chances, and the bond between parent and child. On screen and behind the scenes, the theme of family legacy truly deserved a better focus over the satirical elements critical reviews narrowed in on. Home movies and saved iPhone footage slash photos are a candid keepsake, and the personal experiences Strauss, Scholson, and Miller injected into their storytelling proved to be just as candid. They used the cinematic medium to reflect on their grief, all the while ensuring the final girls got to be a revamped, refreshing entry among slasher films and one that is a unique watch for audiences who believe that they may have seen it all. So overall, this movie is an intense yet humorous roller coaster ride within the world of the meta horror comedy parody movie that also tackles serious issues such as grief, second chances, and finding closure. This movie may be a horror comedy, but it has a lot more heart with a deeper message. This movie hits close to home for me, making it a little difficult to watch, Watching Max grieve over the loss of her mother made me miss my mom so much. But as hard as it was to watch Max get that second chance to say goodbye and find some closure, something I wish I could have, it still gives you a sense of warmth knowing and watching Max get to experience it, realizing that her mother may be gone, but she can always find her immortalized within the movie of Camp Bloodbath. If you haven't seen this movie, you really should. It's funny. It will make you laugh but will also pull in your heartstrings and make you empathize with Max. This movie has it all, but I will warn you, if you lost your mom like I and Max have, it will make you cry and wish you had that second chance like Max did. But remember, as I always have to remind myself, those memories, home movies, and pictures are what keep our loved ones alive and in our hearts. They will never truly be gone, because like Nancy says, you know where to find me. So I'm going to wrap it up for today. Thank you again for joining me here on Sinful Sarah's Horror Menagerie. Again, I'm your host, Sarah Sin. Thank you for sticking around as I discuss horror history, psychology, and mental health within horror movies. Hope you enjoy the show. Again, thank you for listening. And I just want to remind everybody that there's a horror movie out there for everyone to enjoy. So thank you.